I'm here in Milltown Cemetery in Belfast at the graves of the three Belfast hunger strikers who died in 1981. And of course, they're not the only hunger strikers here. Sean McCackie's grave is about a quarter of a mile from here. And Sean McCackie was also on the blanket and on a hunger and thirst strike protesting against his maltreatment by Free State Government in the 1940s. People need to realise that the Republican community and nationalist community in the North was fairly integrated with the prison population. And of course, in 1972, on Bloody Sunday, the people who were murdered there by the paratroopers were out protesting against internment without trial. I was interned myself in the 1970s. On the 9th of August 1971, the British Army and the RUC rounded up hundreds of nationalists. In Newry, they were looking for a man called Sean McKenna. And when they raided the house, they found two Seans. So they took both away, young Sean McKenna. And I was in prison with young Sean McKenna. His father was one of the hooded men. And he died three years after his torture. He died at the age of 42. I met Sean after our release from internment. I remember meeting him at the border inn and we had a drink. And three weeks after that, the SAS crossed the border into County Louth, kidnapped Sean, dragged him across the border. He was arrested and charged and he was sentenced to a very lengthy period in imprisonment. It was at this time, in 1976, that the British government reneged upon an agreement which had led to relative peace in the jails after a hunger strike in 1972, which was ended after 38 days and, and resulted in no deaths. The British government conceded political status, special category status. It, in other words, the prisoners who were sentenced had the same conditions as the internees, were allowed to wear their own clothes, were not forced to do any punitive work, and were allowed to associate with each other. It was the reneging on that agreement from 1972 that led to the blanket protest in the H-blocks and also the women in Armagh jail going on protest demanding the restitution of political status. That protest lasted many, many years. The men and the women were brutally treated, were beaten up by prison officers, a third of whom were on big bounties for working in the H-blocks and were former British soldiers, and most of, them also, most, of them, most of the prison officers also from the unionist community. So life was very harsh in Long Cash in the H-blocks, and it wasn't until 1978 when Archbishop O'Fee, later Cardinal O'Fee, went into the jail and he said you would not keep dogs in this condition. He says it reminded him of the sewers of Calcutta. And he pointed out that the increase in the prison population was directly related to the political conflict. In other words, that the prisoners were political. I had a role at this time in liaison with the, the, the prisoners who were on the blanket protest. So I would regularly meet Bobby Sands and others in the run-up to the 1980 hunger strike. The 1980 hunger strike lasted for 53 days and on the er, about a week beforehand the British government through a back channel had contacted the leadership of the Republican movement and I was uh, involved in those talks. We were trying to bring about a settlement. On Wednesday the 17th of December 1980 I and Mrs McKenna went to the prison hospital where Sean's condition had rapidly deteriorated. He had gone blind but he was able to hear my voice, he recognised my voice, and he said, don't be worrying about me, Danny, I am strong, I am I'm prepared totally to go through with this. 
The governor came into the prison cell and said, Mrs. McKenna, we'd like to speak to you. And she said, uh, I want Danny Morrison to come with me. And they said, no, on your own. And she refused. And then they relented. So we went into the governor's office. And there, a doctor, callously, graphically, in great colour, and I thought with pleasure, told her about the deterioration in Sean's organs, what was happening to his heart, what was happening to his liver, etc. And she says, I am standing by my son, Sean. So we went back in again. I saw Sean. The following night, the British government were due through an emissary to deliver a document to the hunger strikers. Before the document arrived, the hunger strike was called off by Brenton Hughes. The document arrived and Bobby Sands was sent for. All the promises of a progressive prison liberal regime were now that the British government knew that the hunger strike was over and all those people who were said that they would choke, uh, that they would intervene and support the prisoners and support reforms, they all disappeared. I met Bobby Sands for the last time on Friday the 19th of December 1980 and he told me that the prison officers, the prison administration were cock-a-hoop, were triumphalist, would not use the document, would not interpret the document. And it was this refusal to compromise that triggered the second hunger strike. The second hunger strike began on the 1st of March 1981. It was led by Bobby Sands. A few weeks later he was joined by Francis Hughes and then by Raymond McCreish and Patsy O'Hara. A few weeks into Bobby's hunger strike, the MP for Fermanagh South Tyrone, Frank McGuire, who was a friend of the prisoners, suddenly died. And a bail action was called over which we had no control. But I do recall Jim Gibney proposing that we put forward Bobby as a candidate. We put forward Bobby as a candidate. It was an incredible campaign. I've never seen anything like it. I was his spokesperson because, of course, he couldn't do radio or television. When we were canvassing, we were stopped 10 times an hour by the RUC and the British Army. People who were putting up posters, cars drove past and opened fire on them. Our election officer, Dungannon, shots were fired into it, all in an attempt to stop Bobby from being elected. And of course, Bobby was elected, and it was international news. When the announcement was made in Enniskillen, that, that news of his election went all over the world. And of course, Mrs. Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher, the British Prime Minister, whose mantra had been, you know, how can I talk to you? You don't have a mandate. Now Bobby was elected MP, with twice the majority that Thatcher had in her constituency of Finchley in England, and her response, instead of sending in somebody to compromise and sort out the hunger strike and the prison conditions, her response was to amend the Representation of the People Act to block any other political prisoner from standing for election. Later that year, there was a, after Bobby's death, there was a second by-election on the 20th of August, the day that the last man, the last, the tenth man, Michael Devine, died on hunger strike. And in the by-election for Manus South Tyrone, Owen Karn was elected MP. In June 1981, there was a elect general election in the 26 counties. And it was decided, in order to mobilise support for the prisoners, to put forward protesting prisoners from Armagh, like Maria Farrell, and also prisoners in the H-blocks. Kieran Doherty, who was on hunger strike, was elected TD for Kevin Monaghan. And a Paddy Agnew, a blanket man, was elected in Louth. And Sean McKenna did very well. The people mobilised in Kerry to show their support for their northern brethren. 1981 was an incredible year. And in many ways, it was our 1916.
1916, of course, the prisoners were executed over a number of weeks. But we lost 10 brave men over a period of seven months. And also people in the nationalist community suffered as the British Army and the RUC attacked people on the street, shooting dead, for example, 10-year-old Carl Ann Kelly in Trimbrook, who was going out to fetch a bottle of milk for uh, an old age pensioner, her neighbour. Or Judy Livingstone, 14 years of age, shot dead at the bottom of Lenadoon Avenue, the area in which she lived. The election of Bobby Sands on the 9th of April 1981 provided the springboard for Sinn Féin to adopt its electoral strategy, the fruits of which we see today, in which Sinn Féin is the largest party in the north and the largest party in the 26 counties. And so we look forward to a future where Sinn Féin, in power on both parts of Ireland, can work socially, economically and politically towards Irish unity. It's important that we remember the people who laid down their lives for our struggle, for our cause, for our freedom, for the future well-being of our children. And among them is my friend and comrade, Sean McKenna, with whom I share time in Cage 2 of Long Cash. The tragedy is this, that some years after the anniversary of the ending of the first hunger strike, Sean, who was very, very troubled, who had seen his father tortured, a hooded man, seen his father died young, who had been beaten relentlessly in the H-blocks of Longkesh, Sean took his own life on the anniversary of the hunger strike, 28 years afterwards. It's important that we remember the men and women, our Irish patriots, who laid down their lives for our freedom. So this August, please support the National Hunger Strike Commemoration in Cork and come along and pay tribute to those men and women and show the world that we honour them and that we are proud of them.